Hello, I'm Lee. I'm Ria. I'm Marley. Number one, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at like doing things for me. It's going to take us about two weeks to learn it. Would I want to go to him if I wanted to hug absolutely not? Actually, give yourself a bit of a break. Mayonnaise, <laughs> better out of a jar. I've been overruled, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome back to Is It Really Worth Talking About? Is it really worth talking about? Oh yeah! Okay, so, first things first, I think we need to address something serious. Go on. So, after our last podcast, um, I haven't received a Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> We've been sat here and she's been hyping up that she's got a surprise to say and it was that. Why haven't you bought your own Greg's, Marley? What's I, stopping you? You're an independent woman. A lack of driving experience. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't drive. Yeah, Very, so yeah, Marley doesn't drive, point. which is quite annoying. I was relying on a sponsorship, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> Although, I did message you the other day, didn't I, saying that actually around the corner. Yes. So, where we live, near where I work as well. Um, is oh, yeah. a KFC and a McDonald's, but smack bang in the middle, in between them two now, is going to be a Burger King drive through a Greg's, and a Costa, and there's still two other units to be filled. <gasps> it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be horrendous. Lee, how long do you think you're going to stay on keto for oh, when this God. gets built? Uh, a day. <laughs> it's just horrendous. Yeah, it's not going to be good. But. I'd like to say that my lack of being able to drive stops me from getting these things, but <laughs> I always find a way. What's just eat for, Marley? What's the delivery for? I was going to do, do that little jingle then, but I think we plugged enough in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about food as much as we have before, because <clears throat> we'll bore everyone. Although, actually, we were just talking about the fact that, obviously, Marley had never had a Greg's, and we've just learned something new about Marley as well. You, you've never been... To the theatre? No, no. I'm absolutely shocked. I absolutely love going to theatre. The whole thing about going to theatre is just such a nice experience to just like go for a nice bit of food before. Sorry, food again. <laughs> go to the theatre. It's just a nice. I don't know what it is about it. It's like a wholesome, nice evening yeah. where you're not on your phone and you're just watching a good bit of acting. I really enjoy the theatre. And also, is it weird to say I like the smell of the theatre? What's the smell of? Yeah, it's it like, what it smells like. <laughs> like musty. <laughs> it's just like a... Like old building. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just, and you get the ice cream at half time. Is it called half time? Or the interval. Interval, yeah. And it's literally those. like £10, £10 it's ridiculous. for a tiny little pot. <laughs> £10? Yeah. No wonder I haven't been. <laughs> literally, it's not, it's not that bad. But like it is, like you end up paying and you get the tiniest pot of and ice cream. you get that rubbish little scoop that if you put it in and it snaps oh, so then yeah. you just get the little shovel bit on the end <laughs> you've got to try and scoop out i don't know i just love the theater yeah, i think it's too. because it's nostalgic as well something that's never really changed it's always you i've been to it throughout my whole life i think yeah it's just a nice evening what's your favorite show and the theater <laughs> no, we're, no, not we're not talking about the theater um <clears throat> i actually went and saw recently band of gold who band of gold it used to be a TV series. I think Mum, you watched it on TV when it's actually on. But that was had a few good like, Gaina Fay, huh? She was in it. It was actually really good. Um, what else have I? Oh my God, we watched Saturday Night Fever and the. Mm. Oh, that, that was, was good. really good. Yeah. And um, probably my fave was London. 
Billy Elliot, that was very good in the theatre. Oh, I'd love to go and see Billy Elliot. That was really good. Billy Elliot. Molly, we have to take you. Thank you. <laughs> Greg's I, I, and the theatre. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Yeah. No, you Molly. Watch we watched Wicked with a sausage roll. Oh, I've never seen Wicked. Actually, you have got theatre. Honestly, Wicked is brilliant. That's my favourite. Lee's got a spare ticket for the theatre this year. There we go then. I'll I be do. There. You actually do. Where am I going? Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. You bought me that for Christmas. I didn't. Daniel did, and your mum did. Daniel did, and my mum did. Oh, that's my birthday, wasn't it? I thought it was for Christmas. Oh, I can't remember. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah. One important thing I do have to ask: Can you take snacks in, like you did at the cinema? Yes. You can. Yeah, you can. Okay. Yes. I'm sold. What we need to take you to go and watch Woman in Black. Have you seen Woman in Black? No. Oh, is that scary? Yeah. Oh no. Oh my God, Girl on a Train. I saw in theatre. That's really like um, Unhaunt Hill on House on the Haunted Hill, something like that. And it's even more freaky when you're in the theatre. I don't know why. I don't know if I'd like that. Have you ever done, like, Frightmare? Not a chance. Not a chance <laughs> in hell. So Do you fright- want me to sit in the theatre? Yeah. Explain, explain what Frightmare is. Frightmare is one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever had in my whole life. So, locally to us, there is a, a farm. farm. Yeah, a farm. Um, and... Every year at Halloween, they do like this massive haunted maze. I guess you could say there's like a maze and like different sections. Um, and it's terrifying. Yeah, I, I honestly, I was close to tears the whole time. <laughs> um, there was one bit where you actually they've got like a cornfield, and you go through that, and you go through it on like this truck, and then they offload you off the truck, and then they're like, okay, make your way back through the maze to the main um, place. And then all of all of a sudden they were like, run, I was gone. <laughs> but you actually have to run? Yeah, I, was, I ran, I went. Were people chasing you? I don't know, I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> but the only yeah. trouble was then I was in the middle of a cornfield and nobody oh, yeah. else was around me. <laughs> oh. And then there was like children of the night like coming out. Oh no, I see, I couldn't do it. It was I, not for I me. I would worry that I'd punch, like not you know when they jump me. out at you? I'd worry that I'd, like, hit them. I pushed people all night. I what, pushed... What, the people? Yeah, or, like, in one of them, you have to go, like, in a line, and they shut us in this room with this guy with a chainsaw. Absolutely And not. I was just pushing them. I was like, get out, get out. And they were like, we can't go anywhere. I was like, get out! <laughs> <laughs> that was like... Have you done the saw maze? Is it Thought Park? The saw maze? No, I haven't Thought Park for ages. was probably a similar thing to that, and I cried when I came out, because it was the most tragic, awful experience I've ever had in my life. And I, that's why I said I would never do Frightmare. Because there was like a man with the pig mask coming out with like the chainsaw. No. Oh no, thank you. And I, it was awful. I can't do claims either, can I? I'm like I know, a you don't right like wimp when it comes to claims. Do you so. remember that thing they were doing everywhere? Was it might be like a local thing, and um, there would be like a clown on the roundabout as yeah. you were driving around. Yeah. It was like a prank thing or something. Yeah. No, I don't like clowns either. There's something about them. Not as much as you though. No. <laughs> You're petrified. Yeah, like I'm better now than I used to be. I used to be horrendous, but like it just means I won't go to sleep. Like it generally is like ridiculous. Really? Yeah, I just will struggle. Have you watched it? Yeah. And did you just look away when? No, like I, they were, I was watching through my fingers. That literally, like the yeah. whole, I don't even know why I put my fingers there. Um, but then, yeah, that night, every time you close your eyes, it's just there, like right close in your face. They are weird, aren't they? There's a lot of people that have a, like actual phobia of clowns. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know why. I remember Jess Gasson went, she had this teddy, big teddy, and it was the most hideous thing, like a clown teddy. 
And it was violent. You know, like um, the old-fashioned <laughs> movies where you go into and it's like all old dolls that just oh, look yeah. haunted. It was a teddy, but that, it was like ridiculous. And she was chasing me around the car park with it once. It was like ridiculous. Does it not stem from the poltergeist? Because oh, no there was like a scene in there where there's like she had like a teddy clown and it came to life. Uh, so do we believe <clears throat> in poltergeists? What in ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? I do. Yeah. Do you believe in them? Um, I don't. I don't know what I believe. I think there's something. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what if I believe that the ghosts or I don't know. I've just had some like sus experiences, you know. Tell us one. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, Oh, you're going to think I'm absolutely bonkers. <laughs> well, true. In the last house we lived in, I just knew from day one there was a ghost in the house. What, the three-story? Yeah, I just knew there was a presence in the house. And I remember, like, the girl I lived with once thought I'd come home because she'd see me walk past and there was, like, nobody there. <clears throat> and um, another friend came around once and immediately they were like, is there a ghost here? And I was like, yes, what? thank you. Um... So I don't know, I just felt the presence, like I knew there was something there. And then when I lived with um, your mum and dad, mm. there was definitely a few things that happened there. Um, like, no you know, like if you rush up the stairs and you've got a coat hanger hanging on the banister and it might just blow off. Well, this literally lifted off the banister and like smacked into the wall. Um, what the actual... Yeah. It doesn't my, scare me though. My mum and dad's house is definitely haunted. Mm. I always say about the story, I was telling... I was, in a in a bath with somebody, shall we say? <laughs> and um, and, uh, and but I was literally saying to them, "This house is haunted." And literally, as I said it, somebody started running across the the floor above us. Shut the hell up! Honestly, it was one of those really weird, really weird moments where you're just talking about it, and then all of a sudden, yeah. And it was too heavy to be a cat or anything like that, but it was just. And did the other person hear it too? Like, and they shut were like, themselves. What the hell yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah. Well, Luke said, so Luke is Lee's brother and my boyfriend, and um, he's quite a sceptic person, but even he said he saw a ghost in his bedroom. So I think I do oh, think no, there's definitely... my bedroom. Oh, well, your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> my bedroom was haunted. Um, I do definitely do feel there is a presence. What that is, I don't know, but... I it doesn't scare find, you, though. No, I find it quite comforting, actually. Do you? Yeah, like it doesn't... It never bothered me that I thought there was a presence there. And, yeah, I just felt it. I, just, I can't explain it, which probably makes me sound absolutely mad. <laughs> no, but I think that's what it is, isn't it, with everybody? Yeah. Like, nobody literally knows for sure. No. Mm. There's just stuff that makes them... Yes, we can say we've seen stuff and things like that, and so we're quite convinced. But actually, I suppose I don't know enough about it, but there's probably no scientific evidence. Mm. I don't know, actually. I might be wrong. But, might be. Like that, but I expect everybody sounds a bit bonkers when they talk about this stuff because you're just literally trusting other people to, mm -hmm. uh, you you know, you need people to trust what you're saying. I think as well, like, I don't believe in messing with the spirits. Like, I wouldn't do, like, a spirit board or a Ouija board or anything like that. So I just think that's, I feel like you that's shouldn't mess with them. I feel that spirits are trapped here and you should just leave them at peace. Oh. Wow. Not Derek I know we're going to move on in a sec, but um, somebody did say, and it's funny how Derek Accor has been dead a couple of years, and yet we haven't heard from him, have we? <laughs> Is he Derek, dead? Derek, if you're in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. When did he die? About 18 months ago, two years yeah. ago. Maybe two years ago. Shock horror. <laughs> right, we will move on anyway. <laughs> Derek's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. 
Well then, lads, should we get on with what we're actually here to talk about today? Okay. Enough about food, enough about ghosts. <laughs> so, um, so today's topic, we, it's come from me, we're going to kind of take it in turns as we go through these podcasts with coming up with topics that we want to discuss, whether or not that's something that they've been interested, people have been interested in or anything really, anything goes, the long, there's quite a long list that we've got to go through. So this week's topic is about the importance of people around us and the reason why I picked why I wanted to go through this is recently at work I actually have been on a sort of mental health resilience course and I actually found it really useful and really um, got more out of it actually than I thought I was going to. I found it really good for me and one of the things actually I took away from it that I more took away more from than I thought I would was about vital friends and how the people on the support group that you have around you they actually do play different parts into your well, your support system I suppose and they can support you in different ways <clears throat> and actually they you've got different people that are have strengths in different areas um but the it's the the amount of friends that you have or the amount of not even friends it could be your family or people that you work with they can all offer something to you that you need in a certain area so whether that's like somebody to build you up or someone to motivate you or someone that's just there to listen but people can add support you in those areas differently mm. um and actually there are people that I've got in my group support group or however you want to call it that I would go through for different to go through go to for different things um so I found it quite interesting actually that the, the the friends that you have around you and your support system is very vital to your mental health because they're the people that keep you going. They're the people that you can talk things through with. Yeah, I remember when you were on the course actually, you ended up <coughs> like sending me pictures of yeah. um, like you know what the stuff that you're going through. And I know you've got your little booklet in front of you that actually with one of the things. But um, yeah. yeah, I know like at that point you kind of needed like this course to come along didn't you it kind of helped shift mm. a little bit because <clears throat> I think you said last in last week's podcast that you know things had been a bit mad at times and a bit yeah. tough yeah and um work kind of helped with recognizing that mm-hmm. and put you on this course which obviously from our point of view training counsellors you know I'm, I'm a counsellor like it's great like I love hearing when businesses are doing a little bit more now mm-hmm. um Absolutely. But, um, no, you're right. It did seem to just come at the right time. Like yeah. it just put everything into perspective, and even the little thing, like other bits on the course, it was just, yeah, it just makes you stop and think. But yeah, especially this, it was quite therapeutic actually. I was sending photos to Lee, um, of grouping. They, like, it was a little exercise. You have to group the people around you into what um, categories of person they are. So, just for some examples, so they've got things down here like a builder a champion, an energizer, a mind opener. And you have to go through your support group and write down who in your little world. <coughs> What's a builder? So builder, so a great motivator catalyst. They invest time in helping you develop. They don't compete with you. Um, nourisher, so you've got nourisher as well, someone who takes care of you, provides emotional support. And there's around eight different, I don't know, descriptors of a person. Um, and you're... I was found it quite interesting actually that one person doesn't fit into all those boxes mm. um, and they can bring different things like I know got one friend who wouldn't necessarily be there on the emotional side but is very practical and is very good at giving very good advice from a practical sense and being very methodical <clears throat> would I want to go to him if I wanted to hug absolutely not because <laughs> he's not that <laughs> unemotional but that but that's okay because you get different things from different people I suppose and it was interesting, I suppose, you had quite you had your list of people that was on it, and like there was quite a few that came up in 
a number, me being one of them, just to put it out there. <laughs> <Of course, laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was just uh, like even for me, it was quite interesting to look at when you really break it down, which people actually. I don't want to use one that phrase, but tick those boxes. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, like you said, there are friends that you would naturally go to when you want to be met at a deep level, and there are friends that you need when you need rescuing or, yeah. you know, um, yeah, practical stuff. Yeah. It's also nice, actually, to write it down, actually think, actually, going through these tough times that everyone is going through at the moment, to write down your group of friends is actually nice. Thing. Actually, I've got a lot of very supportive and nice people around me that have helped through this these tough times because yeah they have like I said before not felt the best but actually I'm still here and still mm. getting through it and it is because of those vital friends around me. Yeah, I think it'd be quite interesting actually like I know you just said then it was nice to see you know how many friends that you do have around you but also I suppose quite a common trait for people to do especially when they're going through quite a hard time is to distance themselves and isolate mm. themselves and so if they can do something like this and sit down and realise the people that they actually have in their lives, it might make them reach out a little bit more because mm. actually that is the thing. And with when you are in that kind of place, you do isolate yourself, but you feel isolated as well. Yeah. And <clears throat> but yeah, when you write it down, you might actually see maybe I'm not as isolated as I thought. I just need to maybe reach out, or I maybe need to tell them. Yeah. You know, and it's um, and then you start getting back the stuff that definitely you know that maybe will build you up or to. It's good to actually identify too if you've got gaps so I don't know if I had a gap in a connector friend which is helps you get what you want e.g by introducing you to others so actually if you were filling this out and you're like well actually I've not all of my friends seem to fit in one box I've not got many of this and you could think about oh how how can I go out and get those vital friends what can I do more to go out and put myself out there maybe build up more of a support system so that when things are tough there are more people around you did it make you look at your friends in a different light so like you said about having a friend who you wouldn't go to for emotional support it was like I'm I think I'm very methodical anyway but it was it was like a methodical approach mm. to write down everyone like okay Lee you can do this this and this for me you can do this this and this but even though that sounds quite um god what's yeah very methodical and very sort of business-like like yes you can do this for me you can't do that for me it was actually from from my perspective anyway it was just nice to see actually I took away from it that I do have a very supportive group mm. of friends and a good strong group of friends um so yeah I wouldn't say I looked at them in a different light I guess I knew who mm. you naturally have the instinct I suppose you know who does what for you and who you're going to go to in different times what I meant by that was like sometimes that you have some friends who you expect more from mm. or you want more from them but that breaks it down into such a way where, okay, I know this person's not going to give me the emotional support, but actually they benefit me so much in this other way, yeah. I can feel that they can't give yeah, me yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. No, I don't think I think because I'm at the age now where you kind of like, do you know when you're at school and you're like, oh, I've got so many friends, mm. and then you get older and you're like, I can literally count my friends on my fingers, like <laughs> that's how many friends I've got. I think I'm at that point where the friends I've got are for a good reason. Mm. Like, people who aren't my friends now are, because they don't give bring me anything or they don't add value to my life. So I think I already instinctively knew who did what. It was just nice to have a look at that on paper. And reaffirm it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I always remember, like you saying that thing about your friends on one hand. I always remember when I was about 18, 19, I worked at Sainsbury's and there's a guy, a brilliant guy called Dean. And um, the... Um, I remember we were at the checkout, he was serving me once, and we were talking, somehow in that little tiny couple of minutes that he was doing my food, we um, 
talked about friendships and he and he said exactly that I can probably count the amount of good friends on one hand and I remember in that moment thinking oh that's really sad <laughs> and <laughs> but yeah obviously as you do get older like I'm like Paul don't Dean. get me wrong I'm very fortunate <laughs> you are Paul Dean Paul Dean <laughs> uh, you are he is an amazing guy but, um yeah I just like I am very fortunate I'm aware like you know I've even said to you guys that in the last year like things have been actually really tough mm-hmm. but the one thing that has kind of probably remained quite consistent is my family and friends like I'm very fortunate that I've got incredible people around me um but yeah as but it is interesting when you obviously as you get older just how that kind of idea of who brings value to your life yeah. kind of just narrows probably mm. um I guess you yeah. move, you move, like, you have the people that might move th- with you throughout your whole life, but then some friends kind of just drop off, and that's not from any, for any reason, like, sometimes it might be always, they just don't make as much effort, or you're not making effort, but everyone's lives just go in well, like work people directions. as well, like, I think work friends are Situation a great example friends. of that, exactly, yeah. yeah, and I was, like, I worked at school <clears> for nine years, and I had incredible relationships there, and even when I left, like, I was, you know, deeply upset, but... And I, in my head, I was going, yeah, no, I'll probably keep in contact with loads of these people. And there's probably, like, two yeah. that I probably keep in contact with. That's it. And um, so, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, you do obviously get times that, that kind of go like that. But we were looking at, when, just going back to a point you made earlier about having people around you that challenge you. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier, weren't we, Marley, mm. um, about, uh, we found, like, an article. Um, and it was about, kind of, you are the average of the five closest people around you so actually oh, if you look at if you look at the five people that you have around you let me find it again um yeah uh yeah that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with if you want to increase your capacity and capability hang out with people that will cause you to do that hang out oh, with people that. that maybe you have to stretch just a little bit to uh, yes. a bit to keep up and like it was in, when i when i first started reading that i thought oh that's quite sad because does that mean then you don't settle for the five people that you've got? You're always trying to reach for better. But actually, you then, kind of, Marley said, um, no, because if you've got the right people around mm. you, you're all kind of challenging each other and pushing yeah. each other to be better. So actually, if you <clears> find <throat> the right bunch, then yeah, I, you're going to continuously grow. Yeah, I love that point about people around you that stretch you. I think yeah. to have friends and people around you that are constantly stretching you, want you to do better or do more, I think, yeah. That's something that I definitely want out of a friendship. Mm. Well, it's quite like we obviously, me, you, and Daniel spend quite a lot of time, like you're in our bubble, and um, you know, we obviously spend quite a lot of time together, but actually, all three of us aren't scared of basically saying, No, what do you think, you know, what do you think you're doing, or challenging, or what you're doing with your life, or you know, yeah, sadly, (laughs) very shaming sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's you can't, you can't settle when you've got the right people around you, they won't let you. Not in a not in a shaming way, but no, just yeah, in yeah. a, you know, all right, now what? And it forces you to kind of, I suppose, look at look at things. Up. But, yeah. No, yeah, I completely, yeah, that whole stretch thing actually resonates because, you know, I love a quilt. So I'm. <laughs> she does. Um, you know, like on Instagram, and you get all those quilt pages. There's some sometimes you find and they just like struck a like strike a chord, and I can't even remember what it was word for word now, but it was about. Um, being around people that will always want you to do better and always want you to, to stretch you. And I think it is it is slim now in this world that you do find those people that do want to champion you and do want are like clapping from the sidelines and want you to do well. But no, I think I definitely have a very good supportive group. And I think just doing this little 
exercise with vital friends was actually okay no I can get through this because there are people I do have the right qualities of people around me hmm. what about you what my friendship group but yeah because like obviously it's quite like me and Ria probably have quite similar friendship groups apart from work yeah we have quite a similar friendship group whereas obviously I know I hang out with you and my brother you know when we can mm. but your friendship groups are quite different yeah so I think for me I really only started having friends when I was like 17 which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point in the future <laughs> um and those really consisted of like work friends so I really up until maybe in the last couple of years I branched out and found people that I have stuff in common with outside of work mm. so we've created connections on stuff that I'm probably more genuinely interested in yeah um that's not to say that my work friends don't mean a lot to me and we don't have stuff in common um but it's definitely nice now to be part of a friendship group where we're all interested in different things um we all bring a different perspective we challenge each other in different ways and we're all massively supportive of one another um and we all check up on each other a lot like mm. mental health wise <coughs> which for me is massively important um and I love that they feel that they can kind of bring that to the table. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I think I'm, you should do the exercise, Marley. <laughs> I think you should do your vital friends exercise. <laughs> this is your homework. I think people bring me different things in different ways. And I'm not a very uh, extroverted person. So I wouldn't go out of my way to put myself in like an uncomfortable position. Um, so I wouldn't go out of my way to kind of reach friends, but I would say, looking back on my life, I've probably got more friends now than I ever did. And how did you get those more friends? Like, did you have other people that pushed you to go out of your comfort zone? Um, yeah, so obviously I started training to be a counsellor, and that was really Lee and Dan that pushed me yeah. the most to do that. Um, so I've got friends who have similar interests on that course. Mm -hmm. um, and we have quite a special connection because we're all going through the same thing and we're quite open and honest with one another, perhaps more honest than in other friendships I have. Mm. Um, and then, really, the friendship I got now is born from an exercise class I won a competition to <laughs> last January 2020. Um, and that was born out of a night out that happened a year ago, like the weekend just gone, and I wasn't even going to go to that. Because um, I just felt too anxious to go. Mm. Um, but I'm glad I did because the whole way through lockdown and everything, I've had these people who I've been able to connect with and relate to. But yeah, it was definitely from being pushed into that. Yeah. Otherwise, I think I'd still have the same friends now from work. work but just on that, actually, <clears throat> the studying part, like, it's quite interesting it because it's a course like no other. Like mm. You are literally tearing yourself to, to bits <laughs> to understand yourself a little bit more, but you're doing it with a bunch of people, like especially when you're doing it in class and stuff. So those friendships that you do have, you know, like there are people that I still keep in contact from my course, and because, yeah, probably the ones that you do connect with on that course, you connect with on such a deep level because of the work that you're doing. Mm. Like you are sharing stuff about yourself that you probably don't share with yeah. the other people in your life. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's a strange course to be yeah, it's doing it. Like nothing I've ever experienced, really. Especially if you feel like you don't, well, you didn't like to go outside your comfort zone and mm. you were quite introverted and anxious. To go and do that is huge. Like just to go and open yourself up to people that you don't know. Yeah. 
Although I guess is it could it could you say that it's easier to do that to people that you don't know? Um, for me personally, no. I think there's different levels to this course. Obviously, in before I, um, before you enrol into like the main one, really, you can do like a ten week introductory course. Mm-hmm. And like in those ten weeks, I didn't interact with anybody. Really? Yeah. Like when we got up in the break, I wouldn't go. Like I just felt far too anxious to do anything like that. Um. And I think that's probably when I start to realise I had some like anxiety issues. Um, so that was a lot of hard work for me. How did you get to the point where you were happy just to go and mingle with the other people? And um, I think on level two, I made a decision on the first night, if I don't get up now on the break to go and socialise, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. So I just did it. And I'm glad I did, because that's when I made like my first connection and first friendship, and we're still close now, so... I'm glad wow, I took that leave. Yeah, it? it is really. Did you force yourself to do that? Like there wasn't even anyone. Like you were. It's easier when you're with someone else, isn't it, or your friend there already to introduce you to someone, or be like, oh, if we just go up and. Well, that was the thing, wasn't it? Because you'd actually start another one of our friends. Yeah. You know, you guys started level one, level one. Yeah. Together, mm. and then all of a sudden she had to drop out for various reasons. But then, even for you, that was quite a big deal because yeah. she was a bit of a comfort blanket, wasn't she? Obviously, you two were in it together. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she wasn't there. Yeah, because we didn't massively know one another. We just knew each other through you, really. But yeah. having somebody else there, like, I don't know, like, if you're in a room, you go to a party with a friend, mm. and, like, you know, you can always look to them. Like, yeah. it's a comfort thing. So we knew that we could always, like, look at each other and kind of laugh. And then when she stopped coming, I was like, oh, gosh, like, <laughs> that's thick. <laughs> and people, like, asked me stuff, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, like, I met up for a walk with you, didn't I? Mm. And, like, this is just, we're talking about Marla's assertiveness. <laughs> and, uh, like, no. no. <laughs> but there was even a point where I, I, we knew I had to get back to my car for a certain point, and um, you had to direct us. And just telling me to go left, like yeah. literally telling me we're going this way, you got really yeah. like anxious. Like, and I feel like oh. now remembering it. And, the, and then she was like, oh, this like anxious giggling. And I was like, you literally just told me where to go. And she's like, yeah, but I'm like, you know, what if I've led us around the wrong way? Or, what? Yeah. You know, like, yeah I do. So I can imagine what being in a room full of people who are, and everybody's in that room, and you are all, like you're all fascinated in how the human works. Yeah. So everybody's reading everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, so actually as much as I, I see what you're saying in terms of it might be more comforting because they're people you don't know. It's also quite awkward because you know everybody is trying to like mm. read everybody. Yeah. So there's no escape. Mm. Like, but also as well, like you're checked in the deep end like straight away. I, rem- I remember like the first workshop we did, we had to do a timeline of our lives, like the good and the bad, and then share it with someone. Just like, <laughs> like these are people you barely know and you're, I mean, you don't have to share everything, but for me personally, I feel like to get the most out of the course, yeah. it's good to... Open. Yeah. But, but even that, you know, obviously, like, let's stay on topic, I suppose. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but we're talking about the pe- the importance of people around you. We're not just talking about good friends. We're talking about even in those mm-hmm. environments, people who are going to, you know, and same with you at work, same with me at work. You know, you still they might not be your closest friends, but you still need people around you that are gonna challenge you mm. or have an understanding. So that person who you have to share your timeline with, mm. it was so important in that moment that actually it was somebody who was going to be understanding mm. and That's mm. a good point. you know. And the same with at work, you know, when you need somebody that's just going to either, like, give you a kick at the ass or going to listen or, mm-hmm. you know, same with me. Like, I work privately on my own two days a week and then with people two days a week. And, yeah, like, I love the team ethic. It just, mm. um, yeah, having people who are kind of challenge you and also listen is so, like, valuable, isn't it? Oh, so mm. valuable for your mental health. I don't think you realise until you actually do an exercise like this 
to actually think, oh, actually, without these people, what, what would I actually do? All of this would just be combust. You, your mind would just combust, I think, with everything that's going on. So, yeah, no, I think it's worrying <laughs> without mm. your vital people around you, what, how it could end up. Yeah. One of the things I, I, was, I was interested earlier, actually, I was writing a couple of notes, and one of the things I thought about was growing up, when you were a child, who were the people that you, like, had around you that were good influences? Are we talking small growing up or Um, Like any. Yeah, people you kind of looked up to. What was it about them, you know? Mm, I think I, for me, like, if I think, if you say growing up, I go back to being, like, six, seven, eight. And I was always at my nan's, always at my nan's house. Like, every weekend, I'd be like, I want to stay at my nan's, I'm staying at nan's, I'm staying here, I'm staying there for the weekend. And she was always someone, well, she, she's not died, she's Leah. <laughs> she is always, she's someone that, um, you know those people, like, I think both my grandparents are like it. Um, those people that you could do no wrong, but not in a bad way. Like, they're always your cheerleader. Like, they're always, you, you they basically love you so much that you, you like the apple of their eye or they're always cheerleading you on and anything they hear that anyone's been bad to you it will be the end of the world like there's someone that will always have your back no matter what I think it's that that you feel I'm not even sure this is a question you've asked but I've kind of gone down the path now <laughs> that even though I probably wouldn't not necessarily like I look up to them but it's like a safe mm. like a safe support network group um where there was, even if I was having a bad day at school or if I was having even a bad day, if me and mum were arguing and, or whatever, there was always that space where I can go to, where I can go to Nan. And yes, God, yeah, she'd rip my head off sometimes. But I know she would always have my back no matter what. Yeah. And it's that sort of safe... From the outside, she could be ripping my head off at home, but from the outside, she would always protect me no matter what. Mm. But actually, that's, that's the kind of stuff... You know, when they talk about, uh, like, obviously, we, you've just read that book about Attached. Yes, and I love we, this book. We, we do a bit of attachment theory. and But actually, one of the things that they talk about in secure relationships is that uh, you know that you can... Like, there's a safety to them. Even when it gets bad, even when they're telling you off, even if it goes wrong mm. for a minute, you know you, you're always going to bounce back. There's, yeah. just, there's that just that level of security that just won't go. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's like... So even if they're telling you off, even if they're, like, livid with you, you know, and you don't talk for a little bit or whatever, you know that it'll always come back because mm. that love and who you are is enough to them. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it would have to be my mum, going from what you said about the safe thing yeah. and attachment theory, because when we learned about attachment theory, I realised I was very attached to my mum, like, growing up. I always wanted to be around her. She was my safe person. Mm. Um, that's probably was the most important person in my life. So when you go back, like she was saying about, when I think about my childhood, I'm six, seven, eight. Mm. What are you? Uh, probably... Anything from six to twelve, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I would say. I don't know if there was after that age there really was many important people for me. Right, until you were an adult. Until I was an adult, yeah. Right, and I think yeah, it's quite interesting. Like you obviously said about your grandparents. Like mine was, is was that growing up? Like Friday nights was always after straight after school we would walk yeah. to my grand my nan and bumps's. On my dad's side, my mum would always take... My mum and dad went together, but my mum would had a lovely relationship with them and would always take us. And then at the weekends, we'd always end up somehow at my at my mum's mum and dad's. Um, but, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to get... Only because... So, like you were just saying, your nan's still alive. Mine, mine's not. <laughs> uh, that's not funny. I, 
it's, it's that's nervousness awful. laugh. But obviously, my you guys don't know, but my nan passed away two weeks ago. Um, and it's funny, we've been talking about that now. Like, I'm in therapy at the moment, and one of the things that we talked about was kind of like this nucleus of everybody needs a nucleus, that safe space, things like that. And my nan and Bumps's house was that. Like, the, I am who I am because if we're talking about important people around us, like growing up, my mum is one of four sisters and they're all quite close and then they've got 11 children between them. So me and my cousins were all brought up together. We were always at my nan and Bumps's house. Um, and like if it was holidays or, you know, bank holiday, we'd all meet up or Boxing Day, we'd, you know, it was just everybody was together. So I suppose it's like we're all going through this weird thing now and even like in the WhatsApp group there's constantly things about who wants this, who wants that because my nan had a lot of tat as well. <laughs> um, but it was part of what made her house. So my bumps died five years ago and then, yeah, so she obviously passed away two weeks ago. So it's been a bit interesting for us that that house that we all like associate this safety, this um, you knew you were loved and you knew you belonged. Mm, yeah. And that was... Like and we're all kind of starting to lose that now because obviously they're gonna have to sell the house and stuff. So, yeah, it's 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 um weird. But I've I've obviously been saying recently like I, I always knew I was fortunate. I love my family and you know my aunties I get along with really well. My cousins I get along with really well. But you don't really realise just how like fortunate I I was. Mm. Um, until, you know, yeah, it's starting to go. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah. It's, it is interesting. I am who I am because of that, easily. Like, that idea of just being there to support each other, being there to laugh, you know, when things are tough, laugh, you know, but you also listen, you understand. And there's some, you know, you know the women and the, the I call them the four sisters. <laughs> but they're, you know, some are emotional, some are like, just get on with it, you know, but they're all, the, they'll always give you a hug, they're always there to listen. Mm. Yeah, they. it's that lovely blend mm. that... Yeah, you can, probably all those boxes you talked about in your resilience course, you could probably tick them all with all of them mm. somewhere. So you were kind of brought up around this environment that gave you the foundations of, you know, all this stuff. There's very, definitely a sense fortunate. of family whenever well, you're, you're, you're in part, your presence. Yeah, well, Marley, you're obviously part of it now. Yeah. But, oh, actually, even that, though, what was that like for you? Because I know that our family, because there's 11 grandkids and then there's all the, grand, all the, all the great grandkids <laughs> and the four sisters and, you know, my nan and bumps was around then. You know, so what was that like for you coming into that? Um, gosh, I remember the first time I was around your whole family. Well, most of them anyway. That would probably have been like at the very start of mine and Luke's relationship. And it was a New Year's or something. Yeah. Um, so like everybody was at your hands. <laughs> um, it was a lot because I'm quite <laughs> introverted, especially back then. Um but I just, I'd never seen, like, that family interaction before. Like, cousins, aunties, grandparents, even the little ones and stuff. It was just really nice to see. Like, you could just tell there was a massive sense of family. Um, and a lot of love. A lot of love. Yeah. But was it quite overwhelming for you to be like... Yeah. What the, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, everybody's talking either, over each other. Luke, just leave you in there. Like, oh, oh yeah. Family Always. Just leave you in there. <laughs> yeah, I was just sat in the corner, I remember. I think there was like this lemon meringue pie and I was like, this is me. <laughs> Back to food. <laughs> but I think like your family has got such a big presence that you're loud. Mm. And at first that was overwhelming, but I think I don't ever associate anything negative with that. I just always feel there's a lot of love, a lot of passion. Um, and I know 
that you would all have one another's backs. Mm. I think you've got very good, mm. grounded family foundation there. Yeah. You, you can't get easily, and you are lucky in that sense to have. Which is quite interesting like for me, obviously, because then on the other side, on the flip side, on my dad's side, you know, when not when my after my grandparents died. Like, as much as I love my uncle, like, we don't talk to each other very much at all. It's very rare. You know, if there's that kind of, you know, the distant family. Like, I know if I rang him up, he would have my back and, mm. you know, hopefully feel the same about me. But we don't talk very often. And I don't talk to my dad at all. So, but even that, I suppose, going back to the topic that we got, like, there was a point, I'm quite, I'm quite open talking about my relationship with my dad, but there was a point where I started questioning whether I should have a relationship with him because you hear, you know, even what you even watch stuff kind of go family is family, you, mm. know, you know, but so then you think, okay, should I have a relationship with him? And then you start questioning, okay, if he died tomorrow, would I feel really guilty and things like that? But I suppose with him, like, it's quite difficult because like, I know that he can be a nice guy. Like he stuck around with my sister and her kids and things like that. But actually I think our morals and values are, are different and um, so I kind of got to a point where I just thought, actually, do I want that in my life? It's nothing against him. We're just different. different. I was going to say, it's mm. okay to be different. Yeah. But actually, for me, mm. the difference was just a bit too much. And also, like, I think probably because I already had amazing people in my life, mm. I didn't feel the need to, you know, there wasn't a gap for me necessarily. Um I'm saying that just as I'm thinking, no, but you've got daddy issues. <laughs> I, I do have daddy issues, but, um, you know, yeah, but I, I just think, yeah, then I'm thinking as the daddy issues come from my child place, from an adult place, me being an, an adult. I don't feel like I miss a dad at all because I've got people who give me what I need. Um, so I kind of made the conscious decision a few years ago that I, I just didn't need that, I, you know, that around me, which was... Yeah, quite interesting, I suppose. Mm. But it would be interesting, like, excuse me, um, the Pepsi Max is um, <laughs> coming back up. Um, but it would be interesting, like, if he passed, yeah, I don't know how I'd feel. And I, but I do know I would feel guilty, but I got to a point where I had to accept that. Um, it's like me talking to you today about when we were on our walk, about accepting that on one side there's going to be guilt or mm. there's going to be some negative feeling, but on the other side there's, you know, there's stuff that you do gain. And mm. so, yeah, if... We have to live together. <laughs> you are. Those two things have to live together. Yeah, they have to. You have to accept both. Most people kind of pick one side or the other and then make decisions on on that. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes both are perfectly valid. So, um, yeah. But. So, um, we all have important people around us then that give us something in our lives. Oh, definitely. I would say I probably feel at this point in my life probably the most grateful mm. or comfortable with the people I have around me. Like, you know those friends that you have, like, when you're in school and you feel like you have to go and make effort or, like, oh, mm. have it message them for a while. She'll probably um, message them. Or it's, like, effort. You have to make that effort. But I feel like the people I've got around me at the moment, even if it does go a few weeks because you're just so busy with your own lives that's going on, you can just speak to them and it's, like, no time has passed. Or I just feel comfortable. And, like, you're not like, oh, God, they're probably going to be off of me because I've not spoken to them. It's not... I don't have that. I've just got genuinely nice, supportive stretching friends <laughs> well stretching is quite a good point because we're all stretching we were reading on that article that we um that you and i were looking at earlier um it was saying about sometimes you get so entwined with the people that you're around that if your friends one of your best mates starts to put on weight <laughs> you naturally start to put on, 
you naturally this start why we to all put look on like weight. We look like... <laughs> this is why we all look like Oompa Loompa. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> that was very shaming of me. Very shaming. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> all right. But I think we are, like, me and Lee especially, are very bad influences on each other because we won't say no. So if we go to the shop, we'll be like, oh, just egg each other on. How many, like, times sweet aisle. Us, how many times have both of us said, no, I'm trying to be good right now? And then the other one will go, do you want some sweets? Or do you want a Domino's? And yeah. the other one just goes, yeah, okay. Last, yeah, I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, I came round to use the gym in the garage. And I did a workout and then come back and had Domino's because Lee was ordering Domino's. That's because not, why not? That's not the point of this. Yeah, but it could have been worse. You could have not done the workout and just had a Domino's. Could have, could have, could have. That's my argument. But yeah. Do you know the biggest lie I think we tell each other, like my friends, is that you should just love your body. <laughs> body confidence. Eat that pizza and love yourself. <laughs> Cry on your own time. <laughs> Cry on your own time. <laughs> Till we're in pizza time. <laughs> But, yeah, you had um, some notes that you wanted to... Uh, I'm interested in these notes, Oh, Marley. yeah, they're not very good now that you've both spoken. However, um, I was thinking, obviously, you said about different people for different needs, but are there people that you don't massively connect with, but they still are of importance for you? Because I think, for me, I'm quite a deep thinker, and there are people in my friendship group who are the same, and obviously we have deep conversations, but actually... There are people in my life who are just as important that I don't have that connection with, and they offer me, yeah, just a mental break where I can be kind of more carefree, I suppose. I don't know. I don't have to overthink anything. I can just kind of relax. But what is it that they give you that allows you just to, like... Because you're saying you're naturally an overthinker. Mm. So what is it that they give you that allows that to switch off? Um, Maybe even, like, a... A lack of similar interest. Like, I have to, I guess, going back to a point about stretching, I have to stretch myself then to be interested about something that perhaps I've not really considered. Or um, we talk about things that I don't necessarily care about. And I don't mean that in a horrible way, but... Um, yeah, I guess you're kind of putting yourself out there to be interested in something that someone else is interested in. Because a lot of my friends are interested in the same things. Whereas if I met up with someone and we're talking about the Kardashians, for example, <laughs> that's completely different from anything else that I might speak about with someone else. It just gives me breathing space, I suppose. There was one question, I know we've got, we've got to finish soon. <laughs> um, but actually, one of the questions that I was thinking about earlier was what parts of you are attributed to the people in your life that you've had or have Good or bad? Mm. <laughs> I think a lot of what we are made up of comes from childhood and yeah. like what our parents give us and stuff. And I think I don't have a relationship with my parents now, and you may. <laughs> I know you said about before that you can, if you see a picture of your dad or whatever, you think, oh gosh, that's going to be me or whatever. But we do come from these people, and I know that there are attributes of my dad that I have, and sometimes I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't necessarily have to be bad. Um, it depends how I use them. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of that stuff comes from them, from growing up and beliefs that are instilled in you as a child and stuff like that. But I think, especially now as I get older, I get, like, from Luke then, a lot. He gives me a lot of confidence um, to do the things I actually really want to do. Um, but he also gives me on the flip side of that sometimes perhaps um, 
a bit of complacency. So I don't, I think, oh, well, that is what I want to do. I don't want to do anything. So sometimes I take it too far the other way. But, yeah. What do you mean? Because he accepts you so much that you can't <laughs> be lazy? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, they talk about that. Even, like, again, back on put, putting on weight. But that's what a lot of people, you know, once you're in a couple thing, there's probably a, a number of things that we become lazy about mm. because we've got somebody who just accepts us mm. yeah yeah <laughs> definitely the putting on weight one <laughs> all right <laughs> you i know i'm joking although when we we're met starting no, I'm well, <laughs> when i'm there i was <laughs> you were also about 19 i know i was so um, Gosh, you're I going was. to i think all girls get to that age like 19, 20, and it just starts to like just increase and increase. increase. I'm not liking the way this conversation is going. I feel like I'm the same though. You, you look back and you're like, oh my god, I thought I was fat then. Mm. Definitely wasn't. Which one was that big now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I blame contraception for that. Do you know contraception. Oh, your women's. Yeah, 100% Wait, probably has a part <laughs> this to play. Is your shit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to swear on the podcast, please. Yeah. <laughs> So what about you two for that question then? I know, I'm trying to think. I definitely know I've got stubbornness. Like I know like stubbornness is a massive part of our family. Uh, (laughs) And I know that that's, and and I like the fact that I'm stubborn, I really do. But at the same time, like I know it can easily flip into just like digging your feet in. Um, Which I know is the same for everybody, but yeah, I'm stubborn. And then I ended up with somebody who's incredibly stubborn for a long period of time. And, uh, you know, and that can be quite difficult when you're both you know you both dig your heels in can it i'm just thinking like because i'm incredibly stubborn too like stubborn to the point of i'll be i'll ruin it for myself just for the point of being stubborn but i'm trying to think if i can relate that back to my family or who i've grown up with or is it just part of me because i wouldn't say there was any part of my childhood where i remember like my mum or no, but she is your mum is quite stubborn though isn't she as well yeah but i'm another level yeah, I'm but maybe you've just stubborn. taken it on a, on a notch. But like, I suppose when you're brought up around people like that. Yeah. But, but I agree, though. I wouldn't say, like, I don't view that negatively, my no, stubbornness. Yeah. Maybe a little bit when I go too <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> But actually, I, I was just thinking then, like, if we're attributing stuff to our families, like, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, like, you've got to look at my siblings like we've all been in jobs that are involved caring for other people mm. you know my sister works in a nursery my other sister is, is a HC at the hospital I'm a counsellor Luke now has his own business but he's done work in the hospitals and things yeah. like that you know so actually it's that for me is it's because of the environment that we were brought up in where actually you were taught to care you were it was just um like unconscious like this kind of sense of caring for other people and loving and you know having that understanding and making somebody feel okay or whatever like I attribute that to that's that's what I say when I say um I am the way that I am because of my family in particular my mum's side of the family um I think yeah like looking back on like we talk about the attached book I'm obsessed with the attached book (laughs) but um I'm like every page I keep saying to Lee like it's like an epiphany like every page I'm like oh my god this is so true like this is why I am like I am and I was we were having the conversation like I reading the book put myself as a anxious attachment type but when I think back to my childhood I had a very loving and secure childhood where I was always very happy and I never look back and think 
that I was sad. Like I always went home to a loving household and everything felt very safe and very, like there was always routines and, you know, like eating dinner at the table every night and things like that. It was always a very safe, loving environment. So then it is funny then how that grows then for you then to become an anxious... Well, something's adventure. happened along the way somewhere else to maybe shift things. But we can talk about that another day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not open, I can't I've got so many things yeah. I want to say. <laughs> but actually, for now, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. Um, Gosh, we've been talking for that long. Yeah, 52 minutes. Sorry about that, peeps. Um, peeps? But what peeps. are you <laughs> <laughs> Young, down with the kids, isn't it? Peeps. But, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs>